Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Women in Pop podcast. My name is Jet Hadassel. Thank you for listening. Before I introduce today's wonderful guest, do not forget that issue 14 of Women in Pop magazine is out now with the divine Miley Cyrus on the cover. Now, with the release of her endless summer vacation and her monster hit flowers, she has absolutely killed it across 2023. And across 10 pages, we explore her career, her insatiable appetite for music and life that has informed and transformed her music. We also have interviews with Freya Ridings, Kate Sobrano, Pete PRC, Alison Goldfrapp, and we look back at the career of pop innovators, the Sugar Babes. Plus, we celebrate the 40th anniversary, 40, of the release of Madonna's debut album. You can buy your copy now at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe or in a news agency near you. Now, on to today's show. Our guest has become one of the biggest stars in Australia in 2000 when the group Bardo was formed on one of the world's very first reality TV shows, Pop Stars. They went on to release two albums and a veritable treasure trove of songs that were pure pop perfection, scoring hits across Australia, New Zealand, Asia and Europe. She has since released her autobiography, The Girl in the Band, and that has exposed the disturbing exploitation and sexism she experienced through her journey. It is, of course... The wonderful Belinda Chapel. Belinda, hello. Hi. And welcome to Women in Pop. Hello. Um, so lovely to see you and have you here. So lovely to be here. We got your book here. Obviously, we're not going to do an audio read here, but we're going to plough straight in. Let's start with this whole reality singing talent, I guess, monster that is really global these days. Um, you were in it from the beginning. And before I get into that, with so many of them now, do you feel like they still have as much, I guess, power to do what they set out to do and what they were doing initially? Or has it become more about the show and less about the music, do you feel? I don't know. I mean, I th- that's an interesting question. I think I, I actually don't. Firstly, I don't really watch a lot of those TV shows, to be completely honest. But I do think that as humans we're craving like the next Michael Jackson or the next Madonna and we just live in such a different world today. You know, like it's music back in the day, like back in the Bardo days was just before digital, right? And and people would travel long distances to get there and save up their $29 to get their CD. And there was something really special about that. And now people flick through songs. They're not even listening to full songs. Apparently this new generation are listening to songs for 20 seconds and and so I don't, I don't know I, I think I think it's a bit of both I think um yeah there is a little bit of let's just make a tv show and it's all about ratings and good television but I do think there's a sense or a, maybe there's a weird kind of hope that there might be a gold nugget and there might be a megastar in there I don't know I don't know what do you think <laughs> I think you're right. I, I feel there's a little of column A and a little of column B. Yeah. And I feel like you are. there are those nuggets coming through. But I definitely think you're right with the, the, the speed in which things are happening and people are consuming now. Mm. It really is about chasing the feet of that journey mm. and that emotional journey. Um, and maybe a little less what happens afterwards. Yeah. Which, of course, is what you talk about in your book. Obviously, on Pop Stars, it really was our first reality TV show we had in Australia. And the viewers had no idea what was happening. And it must have been even more difficult for the contestants because you had no idea where this train was going to go. 
Oh, I mean, it's it's hysterical. It's a bit of a comedy, if you ask me, that the whole um, fact that reality television didn't really exist and um, we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. I don't even think the production company had any idea. I think that they were winging it a, a lot of, along the way and... And then I think it was like, wowza, this is this concept's really working, and and people are loving it. <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, it was it was bizarre. It was a bizarre time, and and now reality television, it's scripted, it's so pre-planned, and and back then it was just so raw. Like it, yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, <laughs> it was very raw, and it was very new, and mm. I mean, so were you girls. Mm. You were how old were you when? You were I the show. was um, just turned twenty-five. You yeah. were just turned twenty-five, mm. which was young back then. I think. I, I know I keep talking about today, but I think that girls today are a lot older at twenty-five. But we were young. I was a young twenty-five-year-old, naive and, and uh, yeah, young. <laughs> and I mean, this was obviously <clears throat> where 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 people were meeting you, but you had a history of some quite um, recognisable Australian groups beforehand that you talked about in the band. Mm. Um, I know that you came and joined Girlfriend um, mm. when Robin Lau mm. um, had left and then you were a part of a teen... I I was cast in Teen Queens, but I never did anything. Then I was uncast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. What? Like I was told I had the job and then got the rehearsal, the first week of rehearsals and then... Uh, schedule literally and then just told no sorry you haven't got the part anymore <laughs> so I didn't really get to do anything with them but how was... did your trajectory happen like from growing up I, I imagine like singing and dancing mm. um, into this world that was as you said at the time very uncharted territory yeah I mean to me it was just a natural progression I kind of my career for me was it was it was just all natural you know it all just kind of unfurled the way it I guess the universe had a plan for me but yeah and you spoke in your book about you know as you're a teenager and you were working towards this goal and still attending school coming back from a primetime television commercial as a teenager yeah and someone had written what did they write on your desk oh just that I was up myself or BC is up herself and he's on TV or something yeah and was... how that of course it really affected you because yeah it's... I mean nowadays you know you have thicker skin but back then I was young and yeah it affected me it, it was it was school bullying at its best I guess and but I just put my maths book over it and <laughs> and tried to pretend it wasn't there <laughs> did yeah. you feel that that I, that I guess, oh, she's up herself. Oh, she's ahead of herself. Like I feel like this is such a thing in Australia, particularly with regards to women. Maybe it's mm. global with regards to women mm. that we want women to be successful, but they can't be too successful. Um, we love an underdog, but the, there's only this fine window between underdog and mm. success, and then she has to get back down because then she's up herself. It's, I think the tall poppy syndrome is real in Australia and I don't know if it's changed, sadly, but I don't think it's like that in the rest of the world. Mm -mm. I really don't. I think like in the UK, they embrace their pop stars, they love their women in pop, you know, and, and uh, but in Australia, there's just this, I don't know, it's, it's a negativity around it and, and I think 
um, for us, especially in Bardo, that was tough. And then when Bardo finished, it was like, <laughs> of course they're finished. They were one hit wonders. You know, there's a lot of that instead of like, let's embrace them. Let's embrace these girls. And, you know, they've been thrown into the spotlight. Let's, you know, help their careers. It's, um, yeah, it's just an odd, it's an odd thing in Australia. Mm. Were you at all encouraged to, I mean, it's a tricky one as well. Like you said, people were just waiting for you to fail. Mm. And I know the media in Australia as well, um, It's it, it loves, there's nothing better than a group of young girls together to being successful because they can be like, oh, here we go. Mm. They're going to scratch each other's mm-hmm. eyes out and they're going to yeah. fight over a Yeah. <laughs> so then, of course, whenever there is any kind of pressure, they can be like, yes, see. Right, Yeah. <laughs> No one wanted to celebrate the friendship or the success. No, no, no. It's a weird thing. I, I don't know why that is. It's sad. But, I mean, we we got on, us girls in Bardo. We, um, we had lots of fun. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things I've left out of the book. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, there's, you get on with um, some band members more than others. Naturally, you can't expect. It's like school. You can't expect to rock up to any job or to school or anywhere and expect to get on and love everybody equally, you know. So, no, you know, we had our things that went down. But on a whole, we we got on well. Mm. We laughed and we had fun. Did you feel like you were almost a unit against the world in the sense that you were were like, okay, there's you girls and then there's everyone? Because you write in your book about some pretty horrific clauses in your contract Mm. that you weren't allowed to change your look you weren't allowed to gain weight well that was more or less what that clause meant yeah it didn't say you cannot lose weight but it said you cannot alter your appearance yeah and there was something else that said I I can't I haven't read it in a long time but yeah they were more or less referring to that yeah which is pretty full-on huh (laughs) it's really yeah and then uh, on top of that I think for us girls, I mean, we were just thrust into fame so quickly and, and uh, you know, the cameras followed us everywhere. We were doing a million photo shoots and back then the fashion was, you know, hit the hipsters were, the hipster jeans were like right down there, like couldn't go down any further. <laughs> and then the crop tops and the, you know, and so we were basically walking around naked most of the time and... Um, and I think that that sort of scrutiny, like it wasn't good, it wasn't healthy, especially at that age. You know, you're harder on yourself and it's um, not easy. 100%. And yeah. actually I saw that coming back and I was like, no, like that was so <laughs> bad when we were first there. Don't Why are we? <laughs> you're talking about the really yeah, low why rider. Are we, like so mm. low. And I haven't so, seen them quite the same, like, but they'll get there probably. Trends always come back around. I kept going back to that Britney Spears slave video and I loved it. But oh, I remember yeah. when it came out Fantastic. and I was like, oh, imagine that. And I was like, you, that's how you have to look in that outfit. Right. Oh, my God. I loved that film clip and that outfit. Mm. <laughs> really did. But I'm sure it was it was of the time. Yeah. Apart from this unit and this clause and you guys were obviously working together and and figuring that out, you also had a pretty hectic touring schedule. Mm. You guys were running around and you spoke in the book at um, you weren't really even financially rewarded on that either. No, not at all. I mean, they had us on per diems um, for the first year, I think, or whatever, however long it was. And that was like $35 a day. I think, or 25 $35, $25. Um, and then we, they did end up giving us like a, 
some amount that just covered rent and electricity and bills, and that was it. So, no, we made absolutely... We worked every day pretty much for two and a half years and we didn't see any of it. My God. Everybody else made money out of us except us. Yeah. Do you feel that there was... I'm just curious. There was a structure set up that people knew about but no one really knew about. Because, I mean, this story comes out a lot, particularly... With groups, I mean, mm. there was the whole story with the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Spice Girls. They stole, stole their demos, but there seems to be this collective power that has been, and they're different agencies, but getting away with this kind of behaviour for years. And it's like mm. people are talking about it and they know about it, but still nothing. No, and weirdly enough, I, I mean, I don't think these contracts have changed much. They, I mean, I know um, a girlfriend of mine was asked to go on, I won't say which show, but one of them, these reality TV shows that are currently airing right now. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, it was pretty much come and, come and work, like come and be on our show, come and be, come and audition. And if you get through, that's probably what, five weeks of work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get through the end, maybe it's more. What do you think? How long do you think these shows shoot for? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe five, six. Yeah, five, right. Six weeks, yeah. yeah, and and you're basically doing it for nothing. So you're giving your time to a number one rating show, and everyone else is making money, but the talent. It's like free actors <laughs> for a TV show. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And why is that allowed? Why isn't the government stepping in? And I don't get it. And they're exploiting your yeah. emotional state, mm-hmm. your look. They can use your mm-hmm. image on everything. Oh, and let's put your family on as well. Let's get your dying grandmother and your... I mean, I could really go there, but I'm not going to, you know, go too hard. Because I do think that there's positivity with those shows as well. But it's there's something not right about it. There's something right, but then they yeah. always put the blame back on the talent. Go well, this is what you wanted. Yeah, you wanted to be famous. You yeah. Did you hear that a lot when you were with the group and in your career? Like, well, you girls, you you live in the dream. This is like oh my, they they had to remind you. This no, is what I mean, your I, dream I, is. look, I don't even think people really knew what how bad it was. Meaning, I think most people thought we were rolling in it. Mm. at the time, you know, and being paid and, you know, everywhere we went, we were like, oh, you know, hosts of radio stations, um, fans, I'd be like, oh, you girls must be rolling in it now. Like, congratulations, life must be good, huh? You know, like we'd always get that one. Mm. <laughs> and we'd all sit there and sort of go, <laughs> like this sort of <laughs> uncomfortable laugh, like, yeah, it was bizarre. And I think occasionally Tiffany Tiffany would say, "Oh, what do you mean? Like we can't even afford anything?" And you know, you know, say how it was. But uh, most of the time, we would just do the nervous laugh, and and you know, yeah. Can you talk to me a bit about that? Because I remember as well, you had. Um, it's funny because I think of Bardot, and straight away I think of the store as well. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, and obviously your images were all over. It was all styled on the clothes you mm. girls were wearing. But you mentioned in the book that you guys got no royalties from Nothing that at all. Nothing at all. Not a cent. Yeah. My gosh. And that label went on and did, you know, still was is around today, huh? Yeah. yeah. But I heard someone told me that Sophie still gets, um, she got free clothes forever and lots, and she got something from it, but we didn't. So I know. Sophie can still wear the really low rise hits. <laughs> I don't know if she's still. No, but I heard that she can still waltz in and get, you know, 80% off or something. But someone told me that actually that worked in the store and I was just like, but what? where's Al? What Have you ever us? been tempted to just go in and just point at your face and go, I'll just be taking some. <laughs> I'll just be taking that, 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 and that. See ya. <laughs> No. With regards to your look, you mention in the book as well, just, again, that on, 
mm, policed, is the right word? Yeah, I guess, um, world that you're in as young mm. women turning up to shoots and mm. just getting told they were doing tits and ass shots for the day. Yeah, I mean, it was never presented like that. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't. I love how you just, yep, here we go. But we knew. It was FHM. It was Ralph magazine. I don't think we did Ralph. I can't even believe there was a magazine called Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. Anyway. But, yeah, FHM, what does it even stand for, by the way? Hysterical. Oh, God. You know I don't even want to know. <laughs> let's think about it. I mean, let's – we don't want to know, do we? <laughs> anyway. But, no, uh, yeah, we would turn up and – and yeah, obviously we knew it was a men's magazine. And look, looking back on it now, I'm I think it's quite bizarre because, again, we were really young, and I don't I never felt like oh I'm really being pressured to do this. I was just like yeah, get my gear off. Like I just I embraced it. I was young. I don't know, but now I think back and I go wow, okay, you really just were so relaxed about it, and I wouldn't be now. And it's just because of maturity, not because of anything else. I mean, obviously my body is not quite what it was back when I was 24. But, yeah, just the the psychology around it, it yeah, I would think about it differently. Mm. Do you think artists today, do you think there is a little bit more protection for them just in the sense, it's always that that double-edged sword, isn't it? With social media and the access that artists have mm. to their fans, that instant discussion mm-hmm. I guess and mm. they can also voice their opinions on things that are happening within their careers mm. obviously there's you know there's, there's a greater risk to say something and then be cancelled and all of this mm. but at the same time I don't know I imagine things like this there's a little more opportunity for discussion point oh 100% we didn't have any outlet at all for anything yeah, it was just such a different time. It, the world has changed so much because of social media. Yeah, and lots of positives, but lots of negatives, I think. Mm. Can I ask you how you feel, Bardo, as a group and, and, and as a collective of, of individual women, how you think that would have gone down in today's day and age? Not necessarily, mm. not the music, but, but how you were treated and how you voiced what you were going through. Oh, that's an interesting one. I don't know. I think, again, we were young, so I don't know if it would have played out differently. I think that we were protected in the way of bullying and that kind of thing. I know that it's pretty tough for influencers and people in the public eye. There's a lot of online bullying. So I feel really grateful that we didn't have to go through that. Um, We had some crazy fans, some not-so-good fans that used to follow us and some broke into our homes. What? Yeah, it wasn't easy. And that was kind of, you know, they encroached on our private lives and they followed us and they got quite aggressive at times and I think they were from broken homes, some of them, and it was was tough for us. Uh, But, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know... I'd put it this way. I think because of the contracts we were on and because we were so intent on our careers and the success and we were so busy, I don't know that we would have uh, spoken openly about the inside, like what was going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I think we would have kept a professional front. I think some of us would have spoken out a little bit more than others, but I think for myself I would have kept the professional front. I wouldn't have 
But now, you know, I'm pushing 50. I'm not looking for a big pop career anymore. So now I just talk about it like, you know, honestly. Do you think that also is the veil of um, pop music in Australia, particularly when it comes to women making it? Mm. Like there's a because there's so little room for women making pop in Australia, mm. which is why most of them travel internationally mm-hmm. and then they get famous Sad. and then everyone goes, oh, yeah, you're Australian. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> what is that about? I mean, So that narrow tragic. space, <laughs> if you do get there, I get, I'm, I'm imagining, I, mm. I haven't done it, there must be a sense of, okay, you just fall into line because we'll go away because there's only enough room for three of us mm. to be doing it. Yeah. And um, if we put one foot out of line... Yeah. No, I mean, even like with um, Katie and I, we recently, from COVID, <laughs> we all, uh, all the Bado girls got on a call and um, and we talked about potentially uh, getting back into the studio, maybe doing a song. and But yeah, there is that whole, oh, what will people think? Do people think we're old hats? Like, what about just embracing music? What about just being passionate about music? But there is that... You get frightened, like, oh, I'll be judged and, you know, putting it out there and what if it's not good enough? And But really, as you say, we should just be in there doing it because why not? Because why <laughs> you know? not? Yeah, and it's and people love pop music and it's a positive thing. It's like Katie and I with, um, with our, we, you know, as I said, we just recently went back into the studio. It was a passion project for us, like literally a hobby and then we're kind of like, oh, we miss this. Let's do more, you know. And then now we're loving it. It's and it's just it is literally a passion project. It's it's not like we're trying to, you know, make a big pop comeback. But there is something really beautiful in in creating together, you know. I'm just yeah. gonna if anyone hasn't heard it now, actually, this is today's single. So you know, happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> this is K Bell with Follow. track and also can I just say there's so much I guess there's joy and I guess there's a joy that comes with just as you said going I'm doing this for fun Mm. I'm doing this because I love that Mm. and you know what I always loved to sing yeah I know and and yeah which is true you and Katie (laughs) together going let's just do it yeah let's just do it it's so cool and um and then is it good enough to release yeah why don't we release it (laughs) Yeah. Go. Yeah. You also in 2020, when all of us were shutting down, um, you got together to um, re-record and perform Poison online. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Oh my god, with Tiffany, like this was brilliant. Was, How did you enjoy doing that? I mean, it was just so random. Like I, I don't even. We didn't rehearse. We didn't anything. We literally just. Someone said, oh, there's this app called Acapella and you can add yourself on. And then we just sent it around and the next thing there it was. And we, we were all winging it. We didn't know. We didn't talk about, look, what harmony are you going to sing? Or we just literally just did it. And that's what you saw. <laughs> yeah. On the spots. Yeah. And it was cute. It was cute. Yeah. Can I ask you, I mean, you, you know, we're singing again. How does that 
how does that conversation go when you all talk and go, hey, let's just let's get together, let's put some songs down? Um, yeah, I mean, for us, we, us Pardo girls, we hadn't spoken for years. We've been living in different parts of the world and um, all the girls are in Australia, but they're all in different states. And I've been living in Singapore and London. Um, and yeah, during COVID, it was our 20th anniversary. And um, we have a gentleman called Joe Daddick, who's a massive fan. And he's like, you girls, you've got to get together. You've got to do something. And if you don't, I'm going to do an anniversary um, vinyl package. And he just was just so passionate about it. And I was like, you know what? Nothing's happening with anything. Off you go. I give you, <laughs> I give you, you can do whatever you want and um, check with the other girls, but I'm sure they're all fine with it. And off he went and he did the vinyl package and the anniversary um, remix album and everything. And it was just so sweet. But yeah, during that period, we all hopped on a call um, and it was really nice just to reconnect with the girls. And we did talk about you know, can we do a reunion? Would anyone come <laughs> if we did? And we, look, it was all too hard basket. Again, because we were, I was away. I wasn't even here, and um, and then out of that, as I said, Katie and I were like, "Should we get in the studio again?" And that's how that happened. Yeah. How beautiful. Yeah. And can I ask you? I mean, it's it's all in the book, and we didn't even scratch the surface of what's in there. But um, can I ask you, what was your what was your initial, I guess, motivation for putting it all down into a book? Hmm. Well, I would say back then we didn't really know about journaling and mental health. It wasn't really spoken about. I was struggling big time and I was shell-shocked and I didn't really know how to get my life back together. So part of my healing process was to just dump everything down, um, which now they call journaling. <laughs> and, yeah, I dumped it down and, and then... As the years went on, I kind of thought, oh, maybe I should really make that into something. And my beautiful, one of my best friends, Bianca Ross, she um, is a wonderful editor and writer. And she said to me, let's do it. Like, let's do it properly. Um, so the two of us worked on it for a few years. And during COVID, we finished it. And that's, yeah, that's how it happened. And yeah. it's beautiful and it's such a great story and it's so important for people to read to kind of see it from the ground up. Mm. And it's not just it's not just the expose, but it's also, hey, look, this is how this operates. It's almost like a manual. <laughs> like yeah, well, that's good. I'm pulling glad. your boots up. Yeah, and, and part of the reason I wanted to uh, write it was, I think, as you can see, it's dedicated to all the performers who have broken their hearts while chasing their dreams. And that's honestly, I know that there's so many of me out there that have had that exact experience. Not not quite the same, but similar. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Belinda, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been gorgeous. And listeners, Belinda's book, The Girl in the Band, is out now. And you can purchase at all good bookstores, both in-store and online. And the new single that you have just heard with Cable Follow, um, out today. So download, stream it on all platforms. And before we go, a quick reminder, issue 14 of Women in Pop magazine, with Miley Cyrus on the cover is out right now. And it features interviews with Peach PRC, Freya Ridings, Alison Goldfrapp, Kate Sobrano and more. Buy your copy now at a news agency near you or at womeninpop.com forward slash subscribe. Thank you for listening today. Until next time, from myself and Belinda Chapel. goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.